0: There are new episodes out every Thursday, so subscribe, please, and listen, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemon, lime, and a drop of
1: cherry make a simple Shirley. But what happens when Tito's Handmade Vodka reveals this sweet sipper's dirty secret? Stir up a Tito's Dirty Sherlock and crack the case with Tito's at titosvodka.com 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly
0: Whether thou art
2: a ghost that hath come from the
3: earth
2: or a phantom of night that hath no or one that lieth dead in the desert or a ghost unburied Or a demon, or a ghoul, whatever thou be, until thou art removed, thou shalt find here no water to drink, thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own, into our house enter thou not, through our fence, break through thou not, we are protected, though we may be frightened, our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps and Peepers. Yeep. yep. Hope all of our American listeners had a great Veterans Day. Thank you to all of our uh, veterans for your service.
3: Yes, thank you. I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Lindsay. Hello.
2: Hello to all the uh, new listeners. And
3: uh, yeah, and the Creeps and Peepers, I think that's sticking. I think it is sticking. We were in Denver this weekend, mm-hmm. and it was super fun to have people come through the meet and greet line and say... I'm a creep, I'm a peeper, super fun. Yeah,
2: it was awesome. It was awesome. Denver was so awesome. If we, if, if I look a little haggard, it's because we just got in from the airport. Early flight coming back to uh Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, yep. where we record this in uh, from Denver, Colorado, and it was great.
3: Yeah, great weekend. Also mm-hmm. very tired. I'm in my comfy clothes. Got on some fuzzies. <laughs> this is a polar bear this week. It's a, the penguin did a good job keeping me safe last week, so I'm hoping the polar bear Does it again.
2: Mm -hmm. And thanks for all the reviews. We keep getting them.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much for all the ratings and reviews. And, you know, for anybody who is just tuning in, if you love this show, please, please, please rate and review. It's uh, if you love it and you want other people to love it, then when you rate and review it, that's how they find us, which is awesome. Yep.
2: And you can share the little preview videos with people you think might like to show on Facebook or Instagram, uh, scared to death podcast. Absolutely. It's a cool, cool little thing. Uh, so thank you for those of you already doing that. And and just really quick reminder what creeps and peepers creeps can't get enough of horror more, 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 right? Like to like to watch this stuff in the dark and watch it alone. Yeah. Never enough horror. That would be you. <laughs> I'm a creep. Uh, and then the, the, the peeper is a person who loves and hates this. That's me. Loves to get scared, you know, loves to watch scary stuff, but also hates it because they truly, truly get terrified. Maybe some nightlights, maybe doesn't like to watch this stuff alone. And you can't watch this on YouTube, by the way. More people are doing that as well.
3: Yeah, a lot of co-watching.
2: That's right. Co-viewing.
3: Co-views.
2: I have uh, two, supposedly two uh, true tales as always today. And then I know you'll be telling the, my stories from our listeners after I do that, which is awesome. So I get to hear some horror stories. Yes. Uh, the first of our two tales today is going to be about the legend of Papa Bawa.
3: I have no idea what that means.
2: Flying monster of Zanzibar, cryptid m- many have claimed to have been attacked by. It's our first cryptid, first monster. On the show.
3: I'm so, I have no idea what any of this is. So already my stomach is in knots. I'll,
2: I'll be explaining as we go. Yes. And then uh, you'll be very intrigued, maybe terrified. And then we're going to move on to Wales, do something a little more traditional, and examine some very dark and menacing poltergeist activity. Do you thought I meant like whales, like the animals? <laughs> I did. No, we're going over to the Wales UK. <laughs> <laughs> Next to England. I'm a genius. <laughs> uh, some menacing poltergeist activity claimed to have been experienced by a young couple in Havertford West. Okay. So yeah. So we'll be out there. So uh, and and again, looking forward to the my stories. And if you want to send in your story, it's my story at scaredtodeathpodcast Those are where the stories go that Lindsay reads to me now at the end of the show. Yeah. Your supposedly true tales. I right. should say supposedly your true tales.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you're writing in a made up story, you at least have to disclaim like, "Ha just kidding." Right. That's we, just we my made up stuff.
2: We want the real stuff.
3: Right. And then for everything else, if you have something else that you want to share with with me, because full disclosure, I am no longer reading the my story emails. Mm-hmm. If you have been following along for the past nine episodes, you know that I kind of started to lose it. Yep. So yep. we have somebody else answering those emails. Mm-hmm. But Heather does forward on to me mm-hmm. the best stories or the ones that really like get to her. And so I've been reading those and they yep. are terrifying. But anything else you have yeah. to say, info at com. If you have anything else you need mm-hmm. to send over that you want to make sure gets to me or to Dan, that's where you get it. And
2: if your story doesn't get read right away, we're stockpiling, them, so it may get read months from now. Yeah. So don't be discouraged.
3: Don't don't get upset.
2: Okay, you ready to uh, get started? You ready to get I, scared? I gotta put
3: my safety blanket on. Get ready. So just hold tight, please. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. This sweater is also very thick, so I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> I'm nervous.
2: Okay. So we start today. By traveling to the little semi-autonomous land of Zanzibar for our first African-based tale of horror. This is the first story involving a cryptid as well. When I think of cryptids, you know, creatures known only from folklore or legend. The existence of which is not proven by scientific observation. I think of Sasquatch. I think of the Loch Ness Monster. Sure. Uh, Chupacabra is another cryptid that comes to mind. Uh, There are tales of literally hundreds of other creatures that thousands of reported encounters with over the course of human history around the globe. Some, like Sasquatch, have been reportedly seen on multiple continents. Uh, Sightings of others, like the Loch Ness Monster, are confined to a very one small geographic location. And the Papabawa is one of these geographically confined cryptids, a monster that has only ever been spotted on the small Zanzibar island of Pemba. Zanzibar is an interesting place. It's an archipelago. Of two large islands, several small ones that lay 15 to 30 miles off the coast of eastern Africa's Tanzania in the Indian Ocean. It's been home to humans for over 20,000 years, and belief in the occult is very, very strong in Zanzibar. Okay. Pemba Island in particular is a place with a strong reputation for witchcraft. Many locals still contact a witch doctor and not the police or a doctor when they have problems. Wow. Voodoo priests, priestesses from around the world have been taking pilgrimages to Pemba for many, many years. Uh, Many believe that special doors between this world and others exist on this little island. And if those doors do exist, what can come through them? Time now for the tale of Papa Bawa. Some believe that Papa Bawa is a creature that doesn't belong to this world, but is now here thanks to island witchcraft. For the past few decades, many Pemba locals have been seeking protection from the Papa Bawa. A creature many have claimed to not only see, but to have been assaulted by. So, what is the Papa Bawa? The beast's name comes from the Swahili words for bat and wing, and the creature is described as having a body similar in proportions to that of a human dwarf, a single cyclopean eye, cyclopean. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Small, it's a tough word. Small pointed ears, and bat like wings and talons. And reports this monster struck Zanzibar in 1970 and then again briefly in the 1980s. And stories continue to this day. Great. According to news reports, even those who dismiss the attacks as superstition nonetheless admit that for true believers, they are real. Zanzibar's main hospital has treated men with bruises, broken ribs, and other injuries, which the victims blame on this creature. One 1995 victim was a soft-spoken farmer named Mahaka Hamad. Who said prior to being attacked, he was not superstitious. When he was attacked, he first thought he was having a dream. However, he said, I could feel it. Something was pressing on me. I couldn't imagine what sort of thing was happening to me. You feel as if you are screaming with no voice. It was just like a dream. Then I was thinking it was Papa Bawa, and that he had come to do something terrible to me. Oh, dear. And then this farmer claimed that this monster not only physically assaulted him, but also sodomized him. What?! Yes He went to the hospital Had injuries consistent with being raped (sighs) After this attack Numerous villagers on Pemba Island Started sleeping outside their houses Next to fires Believing the fires would keep Papabawa away Uh, More rapes of both men and women Soon blamed on this particular creature Sheik Haya Hussein, prominent astrologer in Tanzania, claims that Papabawa is a monster that was once unleashed by a witch to torment an enemy, and then this witch was unable to send the creature back to the realm from wherever it came. Pemba victims have told reporters in interviews that they detect a bad smell, become unnaturally cold, and fall into a trance right before the creature attacks. Ugh. One woman said, I couldn't call out for help to my husband who was lying asleep beside me. Papa Bawa is strong. He really presses down on you. And it took such a long time, one hour. Eventually, I lost consciousness, and I was one of many who were attacked. Hamad, a Pemba village chief, said that in 1971, Papa Bawa spoke to his village through a girl possessed by the monster. I am Papa Bawa, said the girl, called Fatuma, speaking in an unnaturally deep voice. You have challenged my existence, so I've come to prove I'm here. Ugh. Seconds later he says the villagers heard the sounds of a large creature landing on a nearby roof, and the sound of a strange roar associated with Papa Bawa. That night the villagers screamed and scattered, and the next morning two of them claimed to have been held down and attacked and sexually assaulted by Papabawa. Ugh. Now, is this all just sleep paralysis, mass hysteria, blaming being sexually uh, assaulted, uh, you know, uh, on a monster when in fact it was a real person for some reason? Or are there doors on this world to other worlds? And is Papa Bawa just one of many creatures to have crossed over? That's the tale of Papa Bawa. It's a little one. We got a big one after this.
3: Uh, I, okay. I have a few things. Sure, okay. sure. So one is sort of like uh, in the beginning you were saying that there were like men Mm-hmm. Going to the hospital was it, did did Papa Bawa target men more than women or For did you while, mean that and, just
2: and that and that, that was a quote from a from actually like a, a Reuters oh yeah <laughs> uh, I was as uh, oh, panic over that word too Do you want to say Rutgers I want to say Reuters because it's R U
3: R E U R E U T E R R S Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway that yeah. was
2: a Reuters that was a a, a quote from a, an article there But then there's other articles. That talk about women as well.
3: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So men okay, and women. I, I got men a tiny bit confused there for a second because I was yeah. like, well, is it just men? Is it men and women? But then as the story more went on? men
2: for whatever reason, but men and women.
3: And, and then you said that there was a witch that supposedly unleashed Papa Bawa. Right. right. Um,
2: That's the legend.
3: So I wonder if she was angry. It would make sense to me if Papa Bawa was going after men more than women, if it was mm. an angry female witch- because so I guess men could be witches and right, right, Yeah. entertained they, that thought, but I'm they, sure they, they could be. Yeah, they
2: do use that term for men, too, in a lot of, like, uh, you know, kind of witchcraft-type stories. Right, yes. right.
3: So if it was a female witch yeah. and she was pissed off about something and she unleashed Papa Bawa, it would make more sense to me that it was attacking men okay. more frequently right, than it was right, women. Right,
2: right, uh, there are, There are artistic renditions of what this I'm thing's supposed to nervous. look like. So let's see the first picture of the Papa Bawa. That is the Papa Bawa there, kind of like bat, oh. humanoid, monster thing so
3: weird.
2: Mhm. So that's a pretty creepy uh picture of that and and you know there's obviously no like photographs. We yeah, have there's other right, right. other artistic renditions. Here's the next one.
3: That's more what I was thinking.
2: Okay. Yeah, like like very bat like. Most of the illustrations are similar to this one. Very bat like, little sharp fangs. Yeah, for people not uh, able to see the photos, uh, listening um yeah, just one giant eye, kind of bat ears, fangs, a uh, little skinny humanoid body and then big wings.
3: What if you woke up to that hovering oh o- over you in bed?
2: Ugh. yeah, I know. Why know. I was, I was
3: thinking about how the one lady was saying that she was uh, just uh, unable to move for an hour, right, while lying next to her husband.
2: Ah, uh, we have because... more. We have more pictures of this thing. Okay, this is the next one. Not quite as scary. <laughs> Not a little bit less we do, scary. We knew, We knew. <laughs> that, of course, is a minion. <laughs> and then, uh, which one is that?
3: Is that Kevin? I,
2: like I don't Kevin. remember. And we have one more cyclopean monster uh here this is my favorite no
3: <laughs> puppy dog that, that's somebody
2: that they just put a silly little um cyclops sticker on the middle of their dog's forehead
3: for a second i thought it was penny
2: i know it looks like our dog penny and then and then they put like a, a little sticker of like a silly mouth uh on the dog's uh face as well so it looks like it's this weird <laughs> little cyclops human dog
3: i was i was uh, so confused for a second because i really thought it was penny Oh, yeah, 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 that i yeah, like, hey, I'd done I that to Penny? No. Well, no, I was like, I don't recognize that couch or that carpet. Where did you have Penny? Where? Where's, right, right. Where's Penny? Where's Pop- Penny? <gasps> where's Penny poopers?
2: So that was just something, you know, we haven't done a cryptid yet. I thought it'd be fun to do something different up from a different continent. You know, it's just interesting to me that there's all these legends from all over the world. Right. So many different, you know, uh, folklore kind of monsters on every continent. So, yeah. and, that, and that was one I had never heard of. I just yeah. was doing some digging. I was like, what? Ba-ba-ba-ba.
3: Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of, for me, settles into me like a shadow person
2: because mm-hmm.
3: it's not something of this world, right? And, and theoretically or hypothetically, however, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, so that makes me a little like, huh, the sexual assault makes it particularly right. gruesome.
2: And that's why it falls kind of into like the cryptid category as opposed to more like a demon. I mean, there, you know, you can say like an incubus is like a demonic spirit yeah. that is supposed to be able to, uh, you know, sexually assault you. Um, but like, but usually that's like, there's no physical signs. Usually with this, this thing, the people who report being attacked by it. Yeah. Report a a very tactile thing, like, like a real creature, not like a phantom, not like a shadowy apparition, like a flesh and blood, a thing that you can touch that can touch you.
3: Right. Right. So I think that's why it
2: gets categorized as a cryptid as opposed to like a demon.
3: Well, and then also like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how far you dug into it, but yeah. If it's raping people, mm-hmm. are they going to the hospital and having rape kits done? And, and then I recognize that, like, we're talking about Africa, where it's not the same health standards that we have here at a in hospital. In this part, yes. Right, in right.
2: This, in this part, this, specifically, Pemba Island. Right, yes. right.
3: So it's like, well, do they even have the ability to do a rape kit? So, I mean, I just... Yeah. Is it...
2: Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. But
3: would they do it to I the mean, degree I, I that we I would do say, it with, like, a black light and, I like, all know. the things? So, it's like, how could you...
2: I will say Pemba Island is very, very rural. It's, it's, that's it's, what it's, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, it, roughly in, indigenous. I mean, there are other parts of Zanzibar that are very, you know, very modern.
3: Sure, sure, but where so, we yeah. are. So, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not being... Uh, I'm not trying to put put that part of the country down, but sure, it's like sure, I'm thinking sure. of like remote, middle of nowhere. Hmm. So your hmm. hospital is probably very small. I don't know what the right. capabilities are. What are th- what's the level of uh, doctor that you get there? Because who's choosing to practice medicine there? Like it's very.
2: I will say that doctors tend to think it is people blaming this. You know. Uh, like, 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 they think that somebody real, like a regular okay, person is sexually I, yeah. assaulting people, yeah. but then the people, for whatever reason, are blaming this monster. That's what they
3: think. That's what doctors think. Right. That's, I wondered what, like... Rate yes. kit results are because i mean sexual abuse is very real and i don't want to minimize yeah, that or yeah, be, yeah. Like, weird so they, about so it, they but think
2: that they are being sexually abused but you know this this the skeptical part comes in is like well yeah but is it a monster or was it your uncle or was it you right, know like something right. where you just for some reason don't want to report it
3: yeah or you have like some emotional block around it which mm-hmm. is the, the area is pretty real.
2: homophobic as well okay so okay. that is so that also full disclosure uh-huh. plays into it where some people think that um you know, uh, they're 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 feeling shame over a homosexual encounter because yeah. of their own kind of you yeah. know cultural beliefs, and it's easy to easier to blame it on this monster. So that's all the all the stuff. But then, of course, then there's others who fully believe, nope, this is a monster. This is real. I've seen it. Yeah, and they fully believe it. <sighs>
3: mm-hmm. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I feel like that's one that's going to get me tonight when I go to bed. Like right now, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. creepy. I'm all right, but tonight I'm going to be worried that. Uh, something-
2: well, don't don't so- worry. Oh, this next one will get you right now. We're going to go into more traditional horror with this one. Cool. And and this one, I have no doubt will terrify you.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't even worry about it. That's a lovely birthday present. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone.
2: We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Scared to Death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Scared to Death. Lemon, lime, and a drop of cherry make
1: a simple Shirley. But what happens when Tito's Handmade Vodka reveals this sweet sipper's dirty secret? Stir up a Tito's Dirty Sherlock and crack the case with Tito's at titosvodka.com. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly.
3: Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime beramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time.
2: Head to factormeals.com slash death 50 and use code death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Scared to Death 50 at factormeals.com/scared to Death 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month while your subscription is active. Are you ready?: I guess ready This next one. I
3: guess, I don't feel ready.
2: OK, time now for the tale of a haunting in Haverford West. It was the summer of 2003. Chad and Susan were a young married Welsh couple living in Havertford's West Wales, a small and ancient city of about 15,000 going back to the time of the Romans. Chad and Susan had just found a home priced so low it seemed too good to be true. Mm Mm-hmm. Cute two-story home with a third-story attic bedroom located in the center of town just a quick few minutes walk from local supermarkets, schools, shopping center, amenities. When you walked in the front door, you stepped into a tiny hallway that led you into the living room. The living room had a big old fireplace, large window, cozy but not cramped. Adjacent to the living room was a dining area with two doors, and under the stairs was a little alcove. One set of double doors took you to the kitchen. From the kitchen, you could walk to the back patio, out some doors into the decking area, and a quaint, well-maintained, very UK little garden. There was a bathroom off of the kitchen. The stairs had no railing, a small landing. The upstairs doors were thick and heavy with black, old-fashioned latches metal latches one door opened to a small room which overlooked the street another door led to the main bedroom finally a third door led up to the attic bedroom conversion low ceiling with wooden floors uh-uh not not a house you're interested in nope master bedroom has its own bathroom you know, on the, like i said on the second floor uh and then the and then the other room on the second floor tiny little box room barely enough to kind of be a guest bedroom Okay, okay. More than enough house for a childless couple with no plans for kids anytime soon, just a few cats for pets. And the owner was asking for 30% less than market value. Mm Mm-hmm. Chad immediately wondered what was wrong with this place. Nothing looked damaged. The realtor hadn't listed any problems, didn't give an explanation for the low price. The economy was good. The owner could surely get more for it. It was all very odd, but Chad and Susan didn't feel like pointing out that they should have to pay more money if they wanted this place. And they did want it. Property was well cared for. It was a great neighborhood. Nothing about it seemed off. So they made an offer, were overjoyed to have it quickly accepted. I bet. And they bought their first home. They had some friends help them move out of their apartment and into the new place. The move was pretty painless. Not only did they have or get a great deal in this place, they also got to move into basically a fully furnished home. Most of the furniture, you know, remained in the place when they bought it.
3: Suspicious.
2: The first night, Susan and Chad stay there. They celebrate. Chad cooks a romantic meal. They christen the master bedroom twice. They're young and love, beyond excited to keep building their lives together in this new place.
3: Okay, Uh uh-huh.
2: The next morning, Susan's alarm goes off at 7 a.m. Both she and Chad both left for work at the same time. And that first morning in the home, their, their bedroom door seemingly opens on its own for the first time. Just swings open, very deliberately. It spooks them both. Susan would later specifically remember latching it shut the night before. And even if she hadn't, the carpet in the bedroom was long and thick. Like a normal draft of air wouldn't have been able to swing the door open the way that it did. Mm -hmm. You would have to push it over the carpet. Chad would later remember that the door uh, opened just a little at first and then paused like someone was peeking into the room. Then continued to open fully. Uh -uh. Steadily pushing over the carpet. These were the things they would both think about later. When it happened, they just thought it was a bit odd, and then quickly went to work and forgot all about it. And that was it for the first morning. That night, Chad was laying on the couch watching TV, tired from doing all of the normal moving-in stuff, while Susan was upstairs getting ready for bed. And that's when he saw something for the first time. (laughs) Something undeniably paranormal. Oh, dear. Chad thought he heard someone open the door from the kitchen to the backyard garden. And when he rose up off the couch he saw what looked like a small floating ball of electricity, just for a moment, and then it vanished. It didn't make him feel nervous or anxious. He didn't even tell Susan. He thought it must have been a light from outside reflecting back into the house, or he was just exhausted and he didn't actually see anything, just a bit of fatigue from the move messing with his mind. But then a few nights later, he sees that same little floating ball of light again, this time when Susan had run out to the local grocery store. Mm-hmm. Chad ran upstairs to grab his camera, came back down and incredibly the ball was still there Oh! in the living room after floating in from the kitchen It was amazing, what was it? He took a few pictures so he could show Susan who he would tell all about the light when she came back from the store. Susan reminded him that he had, he had several glasses of wine and she laughed it off And then when Chad got the film developed a few days later, unfortunately nothing. How could his mind play that type of trick on him? Maybe he did have too much wine to drink that night a few nights later, Chad sees something else. He and Susan are watching TV in the living room when out of the corner of his eye, he notices something moving near the kitchen. Uh. When he turns his head and looks directly towards the source of the movement, he sees a small blur. Just a blur is the best way he could describe it. At first, Chad thought it was the flickering of the TV casting a strange shadow, and then this blur disappeared into the shadows when Chad looked directly at it.
3: Oh dear.
2: It was gone. But then it came back the very next night. Same thing. Chad noticed movement out of the corner of his eye, looked towards it, saw it for a moment, and then the blur went away. After about a week, one night this shadow, this blur did not go away Uh -uh. when Chad looked at it. Chad watched it move over to an armchair across the room, and it just stood there for what seemed like a full minute, and then it disappeared back into the shadows. What the fuck? This thing seemed to be roughly two or three feet tall. What was it? Up until that point, Chad hadn't said anything about what he'd seen to Susan. He hoped that his mind had just been playing tricks on him, but seeing this blur, you know, felt different. He told Susan, who immediately felt both relieved and terrified because she hadn't said anything to Chad, but she had been seeing it as well. Oh, shit. Susan would later describe it having no real form, just a strange, hard-to-describe dark blur Something you had to see to fully understand. And the next night, they both saw it again. Susan grabbed Chad's arm and squeezed so hard she left a bruise. This thing came from the kitchen, moved right past them into the living room. And then when it got close to the TV, the TV suddenly went black for a moment. And when the TV snapped back to normal, the thing was gone. Huh. And it would be a long... (gasps) Oh, Jesus. Jesus.
3: What the <gasps> fuck? Oh
2: my god, that scared... So I've listened audio-wise, our lights just flickered so hard that scared the shit out of me.
3: What the fuck? Ah! Oh my god, my stomach hurts.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that was... Can you stop? <sighs> okay. Okay, we're gonna, are, are you ready? We're gonna go back into the story. That was ridiculous.
3: Uh, I did not like that. Oh,
2: okay, okay. So, picking back up.
3: I'm just going to grab, grab my cross. hand, crossed
2: now. That was spooky. That uh, was not fun. Susan grabbed oh Chad's God. arm, squeezed so hard it's up to bruise. Uh, this thing, yeah, came in from the kitchen. Yeah, went right past him in the living room. You know, the, the TV flashes out. When it snaps back to normal, I know I'm waiting again. I know, I'm like waiting. Again. I'm like, ah. The thing is gone. And it would be a long time before either one would see it again. Both Chad and Susan struggled to come up with a rational explanation for what they'd just seen. They decided that maybe there was a gas leak in their house. Right? Those absolutely can cause hallucinations. So Susan had her dad come over, install a brand new carbon monoxide detector. He also checks the boiler, the gas stove, anything else he can think to check. Everything looks to be in order. Just to be extra safe, Susan has the gas company double check everything. Smart woman. Mm-hmm. Their technician also says they can find no problems. So what were they seeing? Whatever it was bothered Chad enough for him to go from having a glass or two of wine you know, every other night or so to several glasses of wine Every single night
3: I feel his pain
2: A few Yeah he starts drinking Pretty heavy A few days later Chad walks into the dining room to, to find he and Susan's cat Simon Growling this deep Insane growl And staring intently Into a corner of the room Hair straight up On its back nope. Chad couldn't see Anything worth growling at He walks over to the corner To see if he could determine What was upsetting Simon When he gets a few feet From the wall He suddenly feels An intense cold spot <sighs> He could actually Map the area of coolness With his hand It was about four feet tall, maybe a foot or two across.
3: No way.
2: Suddenly, this cold spot inexplicably just goes away. And when it does, Simon, the cat, immediately stops growling, leaves the room. What had Simon seen? After Simon leaves Chad alone in the room, the coldness returns just as suddenly as it left. All the hairs stood up on his neck and arms, and then he felt someone or something breathing on the back of his neck. Uh Uh-uh. It feels as if someone is standing directly behind him, someone who is very, very cold. He quickly spins around, hoping it's Susan, but neither she nor anyone else was there.
3: Dude, get the fuck out of there.
2: Chet runs upstairs, intentionally leaving the landing light on, hurries into bed. He's done with that room for the night. Around this time, Susan also started to feel the distinct presence of something in their new home. The next day, she's getting out of the shower when she fu- suddenly feels like she's being watched. Yeet. A deep coldness watches, washes over her, a sense of menace. From that day forward, the shower would be the only place in the house Susan would feel comfortable getting naked in. She really didn't even like it there, but she you know, has to take a shower still. Chad and Susan's sex life uh, by this point is already pretty much over. Susan just couldn't get over the sense that someone is watching her in the house. Oh, I get just it. Just doesn't feel comfortable. Chad copes by drinking even more. He's now getting buzzed, if not drunk, almost every night. This is greatly affecting their relationship. A few days later, Chad and Susan go to a local fair with two friends of Susan's just to go try and have some fun outside the house, Reese and Amelia. They find out that Amelia knew someone who once lived in Chad and Susan's home. Uh Uh-oh. Susan asked Amelia if she'd ever heard anything about the house being haunted, and of course it turned out she had. (gasps) God dang it. We are having some electrical (laughs) stuff.
3: Oh, my God. The lights just flickered so fucking hard. Oh,
2: my gosh. Okay. I'm going to power through
1: this. I just,
3: I just want to point out, just for anybody who's watching this at home and, and for our listeners, just so that you can understand, the light switch to this light is in this room. There is no light switch to this light outside of this room.
2: That we know of. Right.
3: What do you mean that we know of? I guess,
2: no, I guess there would be no light switch. <laughs> right. Now I'm just trying, My brain's just like, what is happening? Who is I'm messing with us? I'm sweating
3: so much. It is so... I've got my amulet on, but... I don't know if that's oh enough. No.
2: Okay, okay. So, so this friend, <laughs> this friend Amelia, knows that uh, someone who lived there before. Yes, this place was haunted. Uh, She said that a friend who rented the place had started sleeping at her mom's house uh, after just a few months. Like, who wouldn't sleep in the home anymore. Mm -hmm. Something scared her so bad she wouldn't stay there at night. Her friend said that she felt like something was alive in the house. Something that would watch her, open doors, walk around. Uh, She could hear it. Uh, She felt cold spots, saw strange shadows that seemed to move on their own. Mm -hmm. Both Chad and Susan got the chills when they heard this. They could no longer believe anything other than they were living in a haunted house. So
3: get the fuck out.
2: The following week, Susan's nephews, yeah, more on that in a bit, how they will try. The following week, Susan's nephews, twin 10-year-old boys, Lewis and Jack, come over for a sleepover with their favorite aunt. The boys slept that night in the converted attic bedroom. No. Nothing unusual happened before they went to bed, and Susan hoped that her nephews would somehow prove that she was wrong about what she became certain of, that their house was haunted. They don't tell these kids anything. Mm -hmm. Early the next morning, shortly before dawn, Lewis wakes up to the sound of someone opening the attic door. And even though it, you know, it could have been his aunt, he knew it wasn't. Uh-huh. And he suddenly felt very afraid. He pulls the covers up to his eyes, eyes squeeze shut, hears distinctly someone walk across the room towards the bed where he and his brother Jack are sleeping.
3: Shut the fuck up.
2: Sounds like a child's footsteps. The footsteps stop near the bed for a few moments. Louis is petrified. And then it sounds like this kid starts running back towards the door. And then he hears the door slam shut the slamming door wakes up Jack Lewis tells him what he's seen Jack tells him he must have been dreaming and falls back asleep Lewis lays in bed with his eyes wide open until it was light enough outside for him to feel safe enough to get out of the bed and walk out of the room when Lewis tells his aunt Susan what had happened she tells him that it was just pipes underneath the floorboards nothing to be afraid of the door slams shut because of some wind coming in from an open window Lewis immediately feels better Susan does not Right. Because she lied about the pipes and there was no open window. After Lewis's story, Susan attempts to cleanse the house. Through a friend, she and Chad, uh, you know, were put in touch with a spiritualist who told them not to worry about what they've been dealing with. She dealt with worse. She blessed their house, convinced the stubborn spirits to let go of their earthly attachment to this home. When the spiritualist arrives at the house, she confirms it is indeed haunted, saying, yes, yes, there is something here. Uh Uh-huh. She says the house still had old occupants from the past that either didn't want to go or didn't know they had passed on. Okay. She lights some incense sticks around the house, asks Chad and Susan to follow her as she walks around with the lit incense, making sure the smoke and fragrance go into every corner, into every room. She speaks softly, reassuring the spirits that everything will be okay in the spirit realm. They just need to let go. She speaks aloud that it is Susan and Chad's time in the house now. The house has to be a happy place, not a sad place for the dead to linger in. Susan says the cleansing felt really peaceful she felt the energy of the home immediately brighten she thinks it's all over when the spiritualist leaves she and Chad hug shed some tears they both hope for a new fresh start in the home they make love for the first time in you know over a week Chad doesn't get drunk for the first time in over a week and things are peaceful for several days. And then the paranormal activity starts up all over again. And this time, much more intense. This time, the dark energy feels stronger, like it was angry. They had dared to try and evict it from its rightful home. Late one night, Susan hears the master bathroom door open and close on its own. And then open and close again. And then a third time. Chad is asleep beside her. And then, as he continues to sleep, she hears something running up the stairs. Suck! She hears something make it to the door outside the room and then stop. Then she hears and sees the doorknob jiggle. Shut up! Like someone is about to let themselves in. She screams, wakes up Chad. Chad tells Susan maybe she was just having a really lucid dream. She starts to explain to him that it was no dream. As she's explaining, something turns the doorknob again and the door opens. Chad and Susan sit frozen, staring towards the slowly and steadily opening door. They both see the strange blur again. They are immediately covered in goosebumps. They distinctly then hear a child's laugh. It seems to have come from the blur. Then the blur backs up into the hall. They hear footsteps again as the blur seems to run up into the attic. Chad slowly gets out of bed, walks towards the bedroom door to investigate, but then the door slams shut before he can leave the room. Uh. He stands there in shocked silence. He turns towards Susan, wants to say something, but doesn't have the words. Susan starts to cry. She'd really thought that all of their troubles were over with the cleansing, but they'd only made things worse. The next morning, they talked for the first time about trying to sell the house. They had just purchased it. It was time to crunch some numbers, find out what it would take to be able to afford to get the fuck out of this place. Get the fuck out. Chad decides to do some digging into the home's past, discovers that seven different owners had occupied the home between 1986 and 2003 when they moved in. Wow. Why didn't they look into this before buying it? <laughs> Man!
3: Fucking lights!
2: We are going to deal with whatever's going on electrically after this episode.
3: Oh, I love that you think it's electrical.
2: This has never happened before.
3: Okay. I, I feel I feel I like we're being so messed with. I
2: feel like we're being messed with.
3: Sweaty. There is no way to be messed with.
2: Okay, okay.
3: The fucking light switch is in this room. You have to think about I know, that.
2: I know, I know. I don't know. Some, something, okay, I don't know.
3: Well, Joe is this, not an electrician, so... <laughs> I know a lot of things that producer Joe is good at. Electricity is not one of them.
2: We're going to find out. Fuck we're find me. Out. Okay. So the next morning, okay. They, they want to get out of this place. You know, Chad does the digging, finds out, you know, a bunch of owners, different. you know, occupied the place. Uh, and the reason they didn't look into all that before is because they were just so excited to get a good deal. They right. were just swept up in the moment of like, oh my God, let's get this place before someone else takes this amazing deal. So the next night, Chad and Susan are in the kitchen, chatting, making dinner, when they hear the footsteps again. Oh, my God. They came from upstairs, sounded heavier this time, heavier than a child. Sounded like someone was uh, walking up to the attic, and then they heard the attic door slam shut. Chad yells, fuck it. He's had a bit to drink.
3: (laughs) I like it. I like it.
2: grabs his camera, runs upstairs. He wants definitive proof of what they're being harassed by, so that later they can prove to people that they weren't just being crazy. Uh, you know, and again, fueled by liquid courage, he runs up into the attic, starts snapping photographs, even yells, come on, you fucker, show yourself. He doesn't hear, feel, or see anything. And when they have the photos developed the next day, completely normal. That night, Chad drinks more than ever. He and Susan also get into a fight. She was tired of how much he was drinking. He was tired of living in a house that was making him feel insane. They didn't see, hear, or feel anything until the next day, until after falling asleep that night. Chad and Susan wake up to the sound of a huge crash. It sounds like someone had put a brick through the living room window. Oh, man. They wonder if someone had broken into their home, was breaking into their home at that moment. They hear a bunch of loud banging downstairs like the living room was being turned upside down, drawers being opened, cupboards being slammed shut, someone rummaging through their things. Then it sounded like someone suddenly ran up the stairs and then that someone slammed itself into the bedroom door, causing both of them to scream.
3: Oh, my God.
2: And then silence. Chad and Susan wait for the police to show up. They were certain a neighbor would have called after hearing all that noise. They would call the police themselves, but both of them currently too afraid to get out of bed and go grab one of their phones. Finally, Chad gets out of bed, walks over to the door, slowly opens it, Susan standing right behind him. Chad slowly opens the door, half expecting to be grabbed by some intruder, but there's nothing. He shouts, the police are on their way. After a moment of silence, Chad and Susan creep down the stairs. The downstairs bathroom door is open, but nothing seems to be damaged. No broken windows anywhere. What? Yeah, they heard all this noise. Chad flicks on the dining room light, kitchen lights, sees no sign of a break-in. He turned on the light in the living room. Still no signs of someone having forced way into the home. There was a lot of noise. Then Susan sees over by the armchair that someone or something had taken out roughly a dozen of their CDs out of the storage tower and carefully arranged them into a spiral shape on the floor.
3: Oh my God.
2: Susan starts to cry again. What was the reason for all of that noise? Why were they spread out in this pattern? What does any of this mean? It's so confusing. Susan also blames Chad. Why did he have to taunt the dark energy the night before? He'd angered them. Chad checks the rest of the house, finds zero signs of a break-in. Now what? Things hadn't worked out too well with the spiritualists. They know they need to get out. They need to either sell or rent this terrible house, but they don't have the money to move out right away. The next day is a beautiful one, at least as far as the weather is concerned. So Chad and Susan decide to at least get outside the house. You know, until it gets dark, they're going to work in the garden in the backyard, try and take their minds off of all of this. While they're outside, the woman who lived next door introduces herself as Becca and asks them how they're liking the new home. Uh, When they uh, hesitate with their response, she says, having trouble with ghosts and chills go down their spines.
3: Eek.
2: Becca says that her house and Chad and Susan's house had at one time been the same home and several spirits have been reported to haunt this home. And then when the house was divided and sold as two lots, there were stories of the ghost of a woman and a child in Chad and Susan's home and the ghost of a man living in hers that were at one time supposedly all part of the same family. Becca said she had seen this ghost of this man many times herself, more times than she cared to count. He was an angry entity, one that frightened her tremendously. She burned sage regularly, had her home cleansed by several different spiritualists, blessed by a priest, yet still he showed up. Becca said this male entity had shown up as a strange, shadowy, blurry object that was hard to look at directly. This blur was about six and a half, maybe seven feet tall. Susan told her about the smaller blur that she and Chad had witnessed, and Becca wondered if that was the child. Susan and Chad and Becca had, as it turned out, all experienced very similar encounters with the paranormal. Cold spots, footsteps, the menacing feeling that something was watching them. They'd even experienced the sounds of a break-in. Becca said that one night her husband had been sitting in the living room when he saw what seemed to be the outline of a very tall man slowly come down the stairs, one step at a time, very deliberately. This blurry shadow made it into their living room, then stood there for a few seconds, seemed to be surveying the room. Then it walked over to the armchair opposite her husband, and he felt it staring at him just sitting across from him like it wanted to have a word about something. Fucking A. At that point, her husband freaked out, ran out of the house, and it was all Becca could do to talk him into coming back inside. That was when they had the house cleansed for the first time. But that didn't get rid of this entity. It just seemed to make it angrier. This angry man, as they started to call him, would go mad in the middle of the night, slamming doors, slamming cupboards around Becca's home. If she ironed some clothes and hung them up, literally a few minutes later, they would all be in a pile on the floor. The entity once even smashed a picture of her husband's parents. On several occasions, it smashed plates and cups in the night. This was depressing news for Chad and Susan. It further confirmed how haunted their home was, and it looked like it might not be that easy to sell it and move on if their neighbor still wasn't able to get out of her house. Why hadn't she left after all of this? They also thought... Uh, you know, why did Becca still live in this obviously haunted home?
3: Uh Uh-huh.
2: And where was her husband now? Uh Uh-huh. They'd never seen a man ever come or go out of the house, and they found that odd. A few nights later, after no activity outside of a door or two seemingly opening and closing on its own, two friends of Chad and Susan's, Jacob and Mia, decide to come over and stay the night before their friends move out. They were curious. They wanted to believe their friends, but it's hard to believe these stories unless you've witnessed them for yourself. They planned on staying for two nights. They bailed after one.
3: Uh huh.
2: Three in the morning, a few hours after everyone goes to bed, Mia hears noises downstairs in the kitchen. Someone opening cupboards in the fridge. Then she hears Chad's voice talking as if he's on the phone with someone having a loud and heated conversation. She goes to wake up her boyfriend, Jacob, to see if he can hear Chad as well. Finds out that he'd actually already been awake. He'd woken up first. He whispered, he's been talking to someone for ten minutes. What? Mia quietly asks if Jacob thought Chad was talking to Susan. He said he didn't think so. They both hear Chad say stuff like, we live here now. We have to try and live together. We're really scared of you. Please, just leave us. And then Jacob and Mia hear the voice of an angry old woman. (gasps) A voice distinctly nothing like Chad's with a thick Welsh accent scream, You leave! It was terrifying. Jacob decides to head downstairs to find out what the hell was going on. Why was Chad yelling? Why was he arguing with some angry elderly woman? What was she doing in his house at 3 a.m.? Then they hear Chad crying. When Jacob opens the bedroom door, they could hear Chad saying things between sobs like, You evil old bitch. You selfish fuck. Then they hear the woman's voice again, a voice that sends chills down their spines. Get out! Jacob quickly runs down the stairs, is shocked to find Chad on the couch, passed out, dead asleep, snoring. No one else around. He checks the front and back door. Both were locked... Jacob shakes Chad awake to ask him what had just happened. He clearly had not been pretending to sleep. He was bleary eyed, clearly still drunk from the night before not happy about being shaken awake, very confused. There was no way he could have just said what he and Mia had just heard. So what the hell happened? The next morning Mia asked Susan about it. Susan says she hadn't heard a thing. Mia just didn't understand how that could be possible She and Jacob had both clearly overheard a loud argument Between Chad and some angry woman downstairs Susan got defensive Told her friend that she really didn't hear anything She wasn't lying She and Chad were not faking any of this Mia presses harder Asks Susan Please just tell us If this is some weird prank Susan breaks down and cries Mia feels terrible Susan appears so fragile This clearly was not a prank Her friend is terrified Jacob and Mia tell Chad and Susan they can't stay there another night. What happened was just simply too disturbing. So the next night, it was just Chad and Susan alone in the house again. Around 10 p.m., as they lay in bed, they both hear footsteps in the attic.
3: Come on, get out!
2: This time it sounds like a woman walking back and forth in heels, pacing back and forth in the attic bedroom. And then suddenly they hear the door to the attic slam shut, then open, slam shut, open, slam shut. One more, BAM! 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 Neither Chad nor Susan are willing to get out of bed, see who is making these sounds. They know it's some type of spirit, some apparition menacing them. All is quiet in the attic for a few minutes after the third slam, and then they hear the footsteps again, walking briskly back and forth. They hear the door open, the sounds of someone walking down the stairs. The someone walks down the hallway, walks right up to their closed bedroom door, and then silence. What in the fuck is waiting for them on the other side of that door? What did it want? Then the heavy silence is broken by the menacing laugh of an elderly woman. (gasps) Then the footsteps resume sounding like someone is hurrying down the stairs and then silence. Neither Chad nor Susan would get any more sleep that night. All of this is really starting to take a toll on Chad and Susan's relationship. Neither are sleeping very well. They certainly are not sleeping with each other. The house is tearing them apart. They're not having any luck selling it. They can't afford to leave. They're trapped in a nightmare that was supposed to be a beautiful dream the next day Chad goes to the shop of a tarot card reader in Haversford West he's feeling desperate he normally laughed at such shops but he's willing to look anywhere now for answers he walks in and is checking out the uh, selection of incense sticks and books on protection spells when the shopkeeper slash fortune teller approaches him looks at him and says you have a very dark shadow following you
3: oh fuck me
2: Chad nearly breaks down, tells her about everything he and Susan had gone through in the house. She tells him to buy this strange crystal glass talisman that she had. It was just 40 quid. She tells him to place it on his mantelpiece. It will protect his house from malevolent apparitions. She said it has been infused with a great deal of positive and protective energy. That it would be a bright light that would push the darkness out of his home for as long as it was there. Chad knew this all sounded crazy, but he was willing at this point to try anything. I mean, yeah. So he does try it. And... It seems to work. The house finally feels peaceful. After a week of no paranormal activity, Chad feels like he and Susan can move forward with their lives. He's still drinking quite a bit, but feels like he can get that under, the, under control again soon. Susan also feels like they can both move on with their lives, just not in the same way. The strain of the past few months had taken too much of a toll on their relationship, and between the drinking and the poltergeist activity, she no longer feels like she's in love with him. Oh. After a few nights of fighting, Chad agrees to move out.
3: Uh Uh-oh. Concerned
2: that the very dark shadow the fortune teller saw would follow him, he takes the crystal talisman with him. It's
3: a fucking A. I knew he was gonna. That night,
2: Susan is alone in the house for the very first time. No Chad, no friends, no talisman. Oh. And it would be the worst night of her life
3: Oh dear
2: She goes to bed around 10 When she falls asleep the house still feels uh, Warm and cozy, still feels quiet and peaceful She reads in bed for a bit Texts with some friends and falls asleep And then she wakes up around 3am Needing to go to the bathroom Everything still feels okay She throws her feet over, you know, to the side of the bed on the floor uh, Stands up Yawns, closes her eyes, has a nice stretch, and then, get out! An angry old woman's face is suddenly inches from her own, screaming at her. The temperature feels like it had immediately dropped 40 or 50 degrees. Susan screams, turns away from the woman, starts to crawl across her bed. Stops when she almost runs into that small, dark blur. It's clearly the shape of a child. And then dark eyes open from within the shape, more in focus and darker than the rest of its blurry presence. She screams again, turns back around, get out! The woman's face is back again. Susan screams a third time, throws herself towards the foot of the bed. She tumbles off the edge, smashes her face on the floor, hurting her wrist, somehow cutting her forehead. Now she's bleeding. She pulls herself up, runs for the door. It slams shut in front of her. She's trapped in the room. She screams, no! She pulls on the door handle and she feels cold energy move up quickly behind her. She hears the old woman laugh as she screams again and the door finally opens. She races down the stairs. Out of the corner of her eye, she sees a small blurry child slide down the wall. First to her left, to the first floor. Then she feels it trip her. She falls down the last few stairs, hurts the same wrist. It feels broken. She's bleeding from her nose now as well. She starts to pull herself up to her feet. The front door starts to open and slam. Bam! 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 On its own, she hears footsteps coming down the stairs behind her. She knows it's the old woman. What the fuck was this thing? Where is the other thing? Wearing only pajamas, she runs for the front door. It slams shut again before she can reach it. She grabs the doorknob, pulls with everything she has, barely opening it. It feels like it weighs a thousand pounds. Right before she can throw herself out onto the front porch, she hears a final, GET OUT! And then she sees Becca, her neighbor, standing in front of her house in the middle of the night. She starts to run towards Becca but something about her feels very off. Becca uh, is standing there And to her left is a large, darker blur beside her Becca suddenly smiles a maniacal grin and says Have you met my husband, Susan? He wasn't scared by the angry man He is the angry man She laughs the laugh of someone who had completely lost their mind Susan turns and runs down the street She runs all the way to Jacob and Mia's apartment Begging them to let her stay And she never sets foot in that house again and she and Chad foreclosed on the home months later. The house tore them apart. It bankrupted them. But at least they were now free from evil.
3: <sighs> Holy fucking shit.
2: See what I, see what I mean? That, one, that one's gonna, you're gonna feel that one now. Oh my God. That one, I, I knew it was coming. I got scared again.
3: I have so many chills all over my body. I knew Becca was not a good thing. I knew. Ugh. I don't, I don't even know if I think Becca was real. I know like, I'm not entirely sure that Becca was of this world
2: right right Yeek
3: did Becca kill her husband also also <sighs> the 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 dad' spirit he was just trying to get to his mama spirit and baby kid yeah, spirit um, thing. right they were if they,
2: Becca's telling the truth
3: well, it would I was thinking that when when there was the separation of the plots of the land, yeah uh because when you I I don't know like when that house was built or whatever like all those yeah. things but like what if it was a family that had all died and all had been buried in like the little garden out back or like underneath the house somehow or something and then the house was built yeah. on top of it and then when they um separated the parcels of land they were separated by like 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 their graves got separated okay. and so they okay. just wanted to be reunited that's all I could think was that Yeah well, that wasn't all I could think.
2: Right, but that's yeah. <laughs> that the was one
3: theory. I, I did have another theory that, like, what if the husband was abusive?
2: Oh, uh, like he's trying to find him.
3: He was trying, yeah, because he's so. Why is he so angry?
2: I know, I know. That's the thing. That, that's what makes these things uh, that much more unsettling. Is like you can't do detective work. You don't even. Like, who are these people? Nobody even knows what are these things. Uh, I did. I, I found a few pictures. Let's oh, start with the.
3: God, let's not. How about the fucking lights in here?
2: I don't know. We're going to address that later. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm hoping that Joe is just harassing us.
3: There's no way.
2: I don't know. Who knows what's possible? But that's super weird. Um, I didn't like that. I'm ready okay, for pictures, okay. I guess. Okay, scary. I this guess. is... Uh, you what's know, coming first? Uh, the child demon. So the blur <laughs> thing, let's see. It might look like that. Ha! I don't know. That was just what I was thinking it may look like.
3: No, I don't think it would
2: look like that. Well, what about the lady demon? Let's see the next picture. Maybe the lady demon would look like this lady.
3: No. You don't think so? Dan...
2: All right. What about the demon man? Let's see. Let's see that maybe he looked look like this.
3: No. All
2: right. One more demon. One more demon. Your what, pictures are lame. What about this next demon? Maybe it looked like, maybe this is what was scaring him. <laughs> it was a friendly demon.
3: Those pictures were not good. I'm disappointed in your pictures. <laughs> You're
2: disappointed in my pictures.
3: <laughs> yeah, be- because I want pictures that where it could actually be that. That's not really what you think that they would look like, is it?
2: No, but I mean there's no like, you know, you can kind of Google like blurry demon, but it's just it's just like a
3: shitty be, like, sketch. To me, it'd be like a dark, shadowy figure. Kinda like a like, shadow like, person,
2: fi-
1: yeah, figure. Yeah. Kind
3: of, but like I was thinking like a woman, uh like very like old timey with like, you know, women had like those teeny tiny feet and those little shoes they would wear, sort of like Victorian. And I was thinking that she would have this like oh. long, like tight fitted dress with little like teeny- Tiny tiny feet. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like,
2: that's geisha culture. That's no, 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 no.
3: no. Like, if you go back into like 1800s or what have you, they would wear these like black high heeled shoes that usually had one or two straps, almost like a a Mary Jane. But I don't know. Maybe I have wide feet, but their feet always just look so like tiny and narrow and delicate to me. So I'm like, because when you're talking about the high heels going back and forth, I was imagining that, and she's in like her, you know, like a proper. Uh, gown, not gown, yeah, yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. A, like day clothes. But they just sure. wore so many layers then. And I'm imagining like very like buttoned up and a little child and like you know the same kind of feeling with the yeah. bonnet. Yeah. like I just yeah. and, like uh, a dad with like a vest. Okay, okay, I'll work. I'll
2: work harder to be uh, to find more accurate representations. Of what well, like. I mean like. those that I just, just hope to scare you with those other images. Well, the
3: first one was fucking creepy, but then I was like, okay, now I know, now what's, you know coming. what's coming. All right, yeah, that's fair. You're off your game, comments. Okay, it's all right. It's okay.
2: okay. But I was on my I was on my storytelling game That
3: fucking story. That
2: scared the shit out of you. That scared
3: the shit out of me. I could I could tell. Well, also, like, okay, I was thinking about our house. Yeah. So we don't have a proper attic that you can get to um for like storage or anything. Yeah. But there is a crawl uh, space like, up crawl there, space, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking, like, oh, you couldn't hear anything up there. But then I was flashing back on my childhood home. Yeah. And we had the kind of attic where like in the hallway we lived in a um I guess it'd be like a rancher on a basement. Okay. Is what you would call it. Okay, Yeah. Uh, and there was like a string that hung down in the hallway, and you pulled it down, and like you could pull stairs down. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, know, what I, I'm I know about? exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So then
3: you would bring the stairs down, and then like all the Christmas decorations were up there. Or oh yeah. All the, I mean, we stored so much crap up there. Could
2: you so, get up there and walk around? Was it? Was it? Or, oh yeah. Like, but you probably like have to crunch over. I guess when you're a kid. <laughs>
3: well, in some areas you would have to crunch over, and other areas you could stand up because it's like lo- in the, the peak of the roof.
2: I love that I meant to say crouch, but I said crunch, and then you ran with it people crunch around up there
3: crunch around <laughs> you just you know you you crunch down <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah then i was just thinking like oh man something in the like i was thinking about a bedroom in the attic yeah. like how do you get like a bed uh, i don't know just oh
2: that night though that last night bleh.
3: what if we were lying in bed and you saw the door handle turn. Oh
2: my god! Just that alone. Fuck. Terrifying.
3: And what was with the spiral of the CDs? What was that on, about? Who
2: knows? Who knows? That was just part of the story. But why? Trying to send them some kind of message. I mean, who the who the hell knows?
3: I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that they split up. I thought for sure, like if they could get oh, rid yeah. of the house,
2: it's too much. Tore him apart. <sighs> the strain.
3: Well, I get the drinking. I drink quite a bit now. <laughs> I do.
2: More than you do. You're not you're not like getting sloshed. I'm not all the getting time. sloshed, yeah. but I mean I gotta take the edge off. You I'm take the- scared.
3: I'm scared. Most nights I'm scared. And I just want to fall asleep. And and weed doesn't seem to help. It makes my imagination more active, I think. Cause you know, we were in Denver this weekend and I yeah. didn't tell you. <sighs> okay.
2: Yeah, you said you said you saw something. Or felt something. I, I felt
3: know. something. I definitely felt something. I felt like I don't know, we... I don't remember which night it was. I think it was the second night we were there. I was a little bit high. I'd had one or two <laughs> cocktails. You were passed out. Yeah. Uh, I went hard on the gummies. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had two that night. Yeah. I only had one. And uh, so so the the uh, Denver Comedy Works, where Dan was performing this weekend, they own a condo down the street. And so we were staying there, and then also the other performer, the feature performer, Pat, was staying there, who's our friend and whatever. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, do I... Am I feeling something? Do I hear something? It's probably just Pat. Maybe he got up to use the bathroom because his his is not on suite. Yep. I don't know. I definitely just lied there and was afraid to look into the dark shadowy corners because I was pretty certain something was going on.
2: Yeek. Well, you <laughs> we, we, we were a little spooked. I mean, because Joe, our producer. Oh,
3: my God. Maybe who, that's what it was. Maybe that was just in my head. In your head.
2: Who has never, to my knowledge, had a paranormal experience before or ever talked about at least. Had a very weird thing happen. Uh, he, he can pipe in here through the through the, through his mic. Talk to us, hey Joe. guys. Hi. Yeah, Joe, tell us about what what Fuck. you and your daughter heard when you walked into your house a couple of days ago.
1: All right, well, I'll try to get into it without too much setup. This was Thursday night mm-hmm. of last week. Um, wife was gone; she was out working, so I knew she wasn't home. Yeah, I was home for a little bit and then took off as everything is going as planned to pick up the kids from school. Yeah. Uh, we get home, I open the door, push it open, and my son always shoves the door open as fast as he can and <laughs> sprints into the living room. <laughs> sure. So he's way far ahead, and me and Pepper are still outside by the time he's all the way across the house. Yeah. So we walk in. And Pepper's how old again for people listening? Eight. Okay. She'll be nine here uh, in just a couple days. So though. you, eight-year-old girl. You know, right, done. and then yep. five-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. Um. He sprinted away, and so me and Pepper are just walking in, and the back door leads right to the kitchen, and we just get into the kitchen. And I hear this perfectly calm female voice go, hello. And I freeze. Uh And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. But at that exact same time, my daughter freezes and looks in the exact spot just in the middle of space in the air and turns around to me and goes, did you just say Hello. Oh man. that Fuck. And, and my fucking heart sunk. Ugh. And I was like, bitch, I thought I was hoping you did. <laughs> I was hoping you and, she, and she, it was so clear when I said no, she goes, Oh, mommy's home. Mommy, and starts walking around looking for wow. my wife, Erin. And in my head, I'm like, she's not here. And she was convinced we were pranking her. She made me yeah. walk around to all the rooms in the house I'm and like, check God. it all out. So I'm still kind of, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what just happened. Sure. And I'm standing back in the kitchen about five, ten minutes after this. After clearing the house like a SWAT team. Uh, Totally. Right. And then I'm standing in the kitchen trying to just get a grip on what I just heard, trying to play through and and rationalize what could have happened. Did I hear something from the living room? But Ezra wasn't all the way there. The TV wasn't on. And then I felt something brush the back of my neck. Fuck that. And I almost abandoned my family. And just fucking bounced. I was out. To, oh. I was going to Wyoming. Like for a second, I was like, I'm going to farm.
2: Bye. Well, and then and then you end <laughs> yeah. up calling uh, right Zach's. Yeah. So
1: I mean, just to speed this all up a little bit, uh, 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 a flashback to the day before, my bathroom door closed all by itself. I thought it was my dog, but I just totally, you know, at that moment, I was like, yeah, hey, fucking sure. door. The heat yeah. closed it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Zach's wife is very in tune with this type of thing, and I've never called her before. Not ever. But I, no, but then I called her and, and she goes, oh, I knew you were going to call. Uh, I just had, you know, I just pictured you and your wife's, um, you know, faces in my head and there was something going on and she's trying to reach out and say thank you. And oh it God. blew our absolute mind.
3: Fuck. So
1: wow. every time, and then we went home, you know, we did Sage, opened the windows, did all that and just asked yeah. it to leave um, and the kitchen. And I wasn't, I don't think I was, I wasn't trying to feel something different. I'm very, yeah. I felt very stable about it. Right. But- the, the kitchen, within a half hour, all of those weird chills that I was getting were 100% gone, and I haven't felt anything since. Wow.
3: Because it, it turns out that you think that it was – so Aaron's a nurse, and, right. it, and we think that it was uh, some, a uh, patient. patient that she had lost. Right, yeah. a
1: patient um, by the name of Max <laughs> that uh, was very thankful for something that you know that Aaron was taking care of her. Wow. And then she, she didn't pass away when Aaron was taking care of her, so she had no idea. But then they looked back into the you know the patient log and found out she did, in fact, die. Um, and her name was Max, which was what, Weird. you know, the name that, that was being brought up. So, yeah. Yikes. Weird. A
2: lot of stories out there. And like I keep, you know, say on the show. Hello. Oh, just one of them has to be true. Just one of them has to be true. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for sharing that one.
3: Yeah, I, I love that you'll give Joe some credence, but when I try and tell you that there's something in our house, you're just but like... Hey,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. But here's the thing. If you were with Monroe... Yeah. You know, uh, with our daughter, little Monroe, and, and you walked in the house, and then Monroe... And you both heard the same thing. That would freak me out more than two people always freaks out more than one. That's why.
3: So you, what you're saying is I'm not a reliable source.
2: I'm, I'm just saying no. I'm just saying like imaginations can play tricks on any of us, including myself. But if like if but you, but if I'm you not, and I heard the same thing, that I'm just saying.
3: I don't think I see something. I feel it, and I just think that you're cold inside and you <laughs> can't feel what I can feel.
2: That, that might be true. That might be true. Maybe I just don't want to acknowledge it. Maybe it'd, be, it'd freak me out if it did.
3: Well, it is scary. Yeah. So, you know, come join me so I don't have to be scared alone. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, I just think about like the rest of this year. Yeah. I, I know that you and I aren't going to be apart for right, until like next year. Yeah. So I feel a little bit more comfortable with our yeah. storytelling around here. Yeah. Because I feel like, okay, I, I can navigate this. Even like today's story, that second story. Actually, the first story, I know it's going to get me later. Yeah. What's, what's it called again? Bowel Man. <laughs> That's not it.
2: <laughs> the Papagawa? Papagawa. no, wait, wait, Papabawa. Now, Papabawa. I, not, yeah, it's, I have to look up name. again. It is a weird name that I'd never heard of before, so let me make sure. I don't think I got it right. It is, yeah, Papabawa.
3: Papabawa. Yeah. yeah, well, Papa, I think Papabawa yeah. is going to get me later. That house, here's the thing about, like, house hauntings like that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and we've talked a little bit about this, intelligent and unintelligent spirits, right? I think we've discussed yeah, yeah, yeah. this here before, right? So intelligent attaches to a person, unintelligent attaches to an object. Mm. So I feel—I think I have that correct, and, and let's presume that I do. I feel less concerned about things like this haunting at this house or last week's The Sally House because right? it feels confined. It feels mm. like as long as I don't go to that house and provoke that spirit, everything's okay. going to be Okay, okay. I freak out more about Papa Bawa, Shadow People, Black Eyed Children, people, Hat yeah. Man. yeah, because they Ugh. pop up all over the place. They're yeah. not confined to this house. Uh, yeah, that the, makes sense. Uh, that they makes feel sense. transferable.
2: Yes. That's the worst. Yes, that makes sense.
3: Are you ready to get a little scared?
2: I'm ready. I have I, three I little my, stories for you my today. S- my squeezy guy. Okay.
3: <laughs> He's so cute. Meow. Okay. Okay. So, uh, none of these are throwbacks to any stories. They're just some, some fan stories about some very creepy things that have happened to them. Okay. Okay. So, Hey Dan and Lindsay, my spooky tale is an inexplicable, subtle and true experience. My husband and I were in bed asleep at about 3am. I was awoken by what seemed to be a very bright light being shined in my face and yet my eyes were closed. Our bedroom is on the third floor, and our windows, which face our backyard and the woods, were shut tight with curtains drawn, so it couldn't have been a car or any kind of outside source. When I opened my eyes, there was no light, only the darkness of our room. It was at this moment our two-year-old daughter woke up screaming from her room on the opposite side of the third floor. I ran to comfort her, put her back to bed, assuming she'd had a nightmare, and then I went back to bed. The next morning, My husband and I are chatting, and I mentioned seeing a weird bright light through my eyelids late the previous night, but that it disappeared when I Mm -hmm. opened my eyes. He stops dumbfounded before saying, I thought that was a dream I had before the baby woke up. To this day, I have no clue what the source of that light was and have had not one similar experience since. Love the podcast. Keep the creepiness coming. Kristen. UFOs. Is it?
2: Maybe some like little beam of light in there.
3: Well, so the reason I, I wanted to bring it up... Oh, no, what? Is sometimes that happens to me. You feel like... She, she I feel like, like, like a, a there's light? a really... Right, and, and I keep trying to convince myself, so... You know how I've put a lot of nightlights in a room?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I keep trying to convince myself that there's one that is, like, uh, by our dresser, so, okay. uh, like, if our... It's too hard to explain, but like if this is our bedroom, people yeah. watching at home, our bed's sort of here in the middle, and there's a dresser over here ish on this wall, and and yeah. there is a socket there. And so when I'm lying in bed, I face the dresser, I'm all like this, and there's a nightlight. I'm pretty sure that that's what I see, like when I feel a bright light. Yeah. But sometimes it kind of like is brighter, darker, brighter, darker. And I'm like, well, is it the dogs moving? Oh, look, the dogs are in bed with us. Right. D- uh, is my stack of books kind of like blocking yeah. it? But I don't know. And so that that actually really fucking freaked me out. Oh, okay. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, I've, I've never had a like a light experience like that. So that that one didn't uh, resonate with me as much just because I've never had that. But yeah, my mind went to like UFO kind of like, you know, doing some light on them while they're asleep. I don't know. It's I weird don't know. that weird. it only happened weird once. Weird though. Yeah, weird. Very weird. Yeah.
3: Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Dear Suckmaster Flex. I couldn't, I couldn't take that out. That was too good. <laughs> Excuse me. Dear Suckmaster Flex, I recently discovered Time Suck from a co-worker, which led, which led both of us to discovering Scared to Death. Both podcasts are amazing. Keep up the sucks and scares. You got it. The story I have for you and the queen of the suck is about a ghost that I inherited from my wife. Yeah. We lived in an apartment that wasn't old at all, and so I'd like to tell my wife that she is in fact haunted, not the place itself. We never physically saw anything, but plenty of weird things happened in the two years we lived there. We had a security system, a simple one that dings if a door or window is opened, if unarmed, but goes nuts when the alarm is tripped. Okay. Every night, I'd go through my ritual of locking the front and back door as our apartment was on the first floor, locking all the windows, turning off all the lights, setting the alarm. At least once a week, we would wake up to a light on, but never the same one twice in a row. The back door would be unlocked, but the alarm would still be on. Weird meaning no windows or doors had been open. It was so frequent that it no longer surprised us when it happened. we just joke that my wife's wife's ghost came and visited that night. Also, more than once, when my wife would be alone in the bathroom getting ready, the scale would light up, which it couldn't do unless someone stood on it.
2: Oh my God, that would be freaky.
3: Neither events were huge deals, but the next two were definitely very freaky. My wife worked full-time while I was in college, so I would be home alone a lot in the mornings. One morning, I had woken up to a thump when I heard a rapid set of heavy footsteps coming through the apartment as if someone was sprinting towards our bedroom. I was frozen in bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't make a sound. I just stared at the bedroom door, but nothing ever came. After what felt like an eternity of wondering who or what just ran through my home, I got up, armed myself, and searched the entire apartment. I found nothing. I checked both doors, which were locked. I checked the alarm. It was still on. I wasn't much of a believer before that, but I definitely had an uneasy day at home that day. The last scary event that happened to my wife, she was in the kitchen early one morning while I slept. I awoke this time to a loud crash of glass breaking and my wife gasping. Uh. I ran to the kitchen and she told me that while pouring her coffee, a bottle of wine came flying horizontally off the top of the fridge and smashed onto the floor. We both knew for a fact that the bottle was not near the edge because we made it a point to keep it in the middle to avoid this exact thing. After the bottle incident, neither of us had many experiences other than the lights coming on at night and the back door unlocking, but we still never really felt alone in that apartment. Thanks for reading my story. I hope it gets at least one get the fuck out of the house from the the queen of the suck herself. Keep sucking. Keep scaring us to death. Thanks, Brandon. I mean, yeah, get the fuck out of there, man. Yeah. Why'd you stay there for two years? Why? Why would you do that, Brandon? Well, if it didn't
2: escalate past the wine... I mean, the wine is scary, but if it didn't escalate past... Like, 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 if it started to kind of calm down after that, I can see... I think it would take a lot to make me move, too. A few things I wouldn't want to move. Uh-huh. I'm stubborn.
3: Because these things aren't happening to you. They are happening to me.
2: Well, not in that story. They're happening to Brandon. And his wife. And his wife, yeah.
3: I don't know why they stayed there. I'm a little disappointed.
2: <laughs> I get it, Brandon. I get it. I get it. Oh, well, well. But that was... Yeah, the, the thing about the scale, that's, that, the, that's freaked me out the most.
3: That's what got me. I was like, oh, fucking Where, A. It
2: needed weight to light up, and it's lighted up when you're in there, like something's standing there next to you. Eek.
3: I was thinking that about the second story today. I always think, like, if I would just stay naked all the time, I bet the spirits would leave me alone. I feel like spirits don't bother you when you're naked.
2: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Try it. I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm okay with that.
3: Did the light just flicker again?
2: I think so. That was a really quick one. Okay. Fun fun day for electrical problems.
3: It's not an electrical problem. Or whatever it is. See this is this is the difference right here. This is mm-hmm. the difference. I immediately am like, yeah. I've always thought the studio was haunted. You are like, oh no, it's practical. It's just an electrical problem.
2: But I, but I, I, that's probably a defense mechanism because I could I could take that probably I would, I would probably take that so far that same line of thought like there could be things floating around the room and I'm like oh it's weird wind. <laughs>
3: There's there's wind in the room.
2: Levitation wind came through (laughs) there. Oh my
3: god! See what I'm dealing with. My brain just
2: doesn't want to accept anything other than those explanations.
3: All right, I've got one more for you. Okay. It involves children, and it really this is the buildup. I think this is really fucking terrifying. Okay. All right. Alex Hall writes, "Hey guys, love the podcast. I've got a short story that happened when I was younger that I still think about to this day. When I was." A younger guy, about 10, my little brother was 8. We had bunk beds, and I got the top bunk. We had heard noises around the house as we were growing up, but we tried to tell ourselves it was nothing. One night, we were sleeping, and I kept hearing a scratching noise on the floor below me. I figured it was our cat, so I let it go. But the noise kept happening. I started to smell the smell of burning smoke. My parents didn't smoke, so I started to get worried. As the noise was still happening and the smell was still in the air, I decided to take a peek over the railing. Oh, my God. I inched slowly over the railing and looked down, and what I saw sent chills down my spine as it does today, 17 years later. I saw a red hand
2: coming
3: coming out from under my brother's bed. The hand started to spider its way up the side of his bed. Get the fuck
2: out of here, red hand.
3: And when the fingers got to the top of his mattress, I peeked over the side more and was finally able to make a loud gasp. As soon as I did, the hand stopped moving and started to slowly drag itself down the side of the bed. And then it slowly pulled itself completely under the bed. After seeing the hand go under, I was able to scream at the top of my lungs. My mom ran in and immediately asked what the burning smell was. After telling her, she looked at the side and the top of my brother's bed, and there were ashes. What? We moved out of that house, because you're a genius, a few months later, but that night still sticks with me. Really enjoy the podcast, both this and Time Suck. Dan, you're hilarious, and Lindsay, you're a trooper for sticking it out on that haunted (laughs) studio. Keep up the good work. Alex
2: the ashes thing
3: the ashes I was gonna throw this book down I don't think anyone wants to hear that uh yeah the the ashes and and that somebody who wasn't in the room found it like it couldn't be him and his brother watched a scary movie together and they were kind of egging each other on the mom came in she was not a part of what had just happened
2: oh my god How how do you sleep after seeing that little red hand thing you don't I would lose my mind
3: you know what you do GTFO, and that's what they did.
2: <laughs> well, we have a mortgage, and those demons are getting to fight for me if they come into our house.
3: Well, will you at least acknowledge that there's something possibly in our house? I would
2: say there's something possibly in our house, sure.
3: I don't I'm, know if I believe you. Yeah, I, no, I'm saying there's something possible. Do you ever feel it?
2: No, I, I don't, You though. truly
3: don't. You're not, okay, you're not okay, just... Okay, okay,
2: okay. Not recently... Sometimes I would feel what I thought was a comforting presence in the house, like somebody kind of watching out for us.
3: Yeah, I don't necessarily think that That's what's the in thing our house. I, felt,
2: I feel weird saying even that, but yes, I've had that feeling before.
3: But we've, we talked about that when we first moved in, we felt like, mm-hmm. again, yes. and I know we've talked about this so many times with the person who lived there before, right. passed away, he was a father. We've always felt that it was comforting, but that doesn't, just because it doesn't feel negative or scary okay. doesn't okay. mean it feels fucking good. I'm not like, oh, cool, you're hanging out with me. I love it. I'm just like, okay, you're here, and I know that you don't mean me any harm, but also, please leave me alone. I just want yeah. to sleep.
2: Okay, okay, okay. I feel weird, you know, admitting, but yes, I, I, sometimes I feel like there's something, but it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's never bothered me.
3: But what about all the stories when there is something good, and then something evil comes through the something good? That's why, that's why I want the spirit gone because how many of these stories have we told? How much re- research have you done yeah. that it's like or, you think it's good and it turns out to be bad?
2: Or a bad spirit comes in, but we got our good spirit buddy fight. I don't know. Maybe they have a spirit fight and <laughs> the good one can help us. I well, don't know. I don't know how any of this works.
3: Well, they do say that like you are given... I mean, if you're really into like spirits and Wiccan yeah. and the crystals and the whole like other realm, and yeah, we're all given spirits that walk with us through our life. they're supposed to protect you and guide you and help you ease you during you know moments of despair and you know sorrow okay, okay? Yeah. but so so that is you know a real a real thing that you can choose to believe, you know, okay, but what if yeah, a bad one gets to you?
2: Well, I'm not going to worry about that until it happens, hello. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Joe. Uh, but I'm, okay. But I'm, uh, I'm I don't am necess- i necessarily, yeah, it's not that I think that you're making this stuff up. Yeah, I'm not. Just, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, how d- how dare you? <laughs> I just, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen to me because I don't want it to. I well, don't, wa- don't want to be freaked out by it.
3: Can I tell you something I haven't told you that you're going to make fun of? Sure. I am going to take an online healing crystal class.
2: Oh, God. Here we go.
3: Mm-hmm. Me and my girlfriend, Randy. Oh, great. Yep. She signed us up for it.
2: It's awesome.
3: Because we need the crystals in our house to keep oh, the energy pure. Boy. Okay. It's good. I'm. I'm gonna. I, I'm,
2: I will fucking. I will not live in a house of a bunch of crystals. You know. You know. That's like one of the main things I make fun of.
3: Crystals and patchouli. Is it because of Tracy? God rest her soul. Maybe Tracy's watching out for us. <laughs> Dan had a girlfriend who <laughs> passed away. Very sad. Yes. Several years
2: ago. She wasn't the crystal one.
3: Oh, she wasn't. I thought she was. Uh huh. Oh, it was Kristen.
2: No, this is Lisa, girl I dated for a little bit.
3: Who the fuck is Lisa?
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, we can talk about that after the show.
3: Ooh, juicy gossip. Well, whatever. I don't yeah. even care who it was. Yeah. I'm just saying, I when Dan and I first started dating, he said no crystals, no patchouli. <laughs> oh wait, I know. What who, have I done? I know who Lisa is. Okay, it yeah. all came back to me. Okay, okay, because we have no secrets here. We have no secrets. No secrets yeah. here.
2: It's care to Okay, let's. Well, let's, let's. Hopefully, we'll take it easy on the crystals. <laughs> nope. Oh, God. Crystals. No. Crystals. no Crystals. that's all for today. Please keep sending your stories to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. <laughs> Don't send us crystals. Yes. Uh For anything else, please email us at info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Thanks for listening or watching Scared to Death, a Bad Magic production. Thanks for the Bad Magic Productions team, Harmony camp on social media, Joe Paisley producing and directing, Zach Flannery, part of the team here as well. Thanks to Joe Paisley, Zach Cohen, Jeffrey Montoya. For the sound beds. Thanks to Heather Rylander for taking over the My Story at Scared to emails. Yes, thank you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Scared Death Podcast. Subscribe to YouTube and enjoy this little moment with our birthday girl, <gasps> Lindsay, right now. <gasps> ah! Oh my God. Happy birthday. We're doing a happy birthday, scary clown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. How would that feel for you? That was that was intense. That was not what I was expecting.
3: I I knew that that was gonna happen. You knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, well, I knew. And that, I forgot that it was gonna happen.
2: And you forgot the scary clown was coming in. Well, I knew that this was gonna happen. Let's get. It I didn't want to burn everything down. <laughs> 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 it is Lindsay's birthday today's record. Yay! Today as a Yay. She's our birthday girl, and uh, I know this. Uh, this episode comes out, you know, late. When by the time you hear it, it'll be the day before. Nove- Veterans Day, November eleventh. is my birthday. Is Lindsay's yeah. birthday. So and
3: I love birthdays.
2: You do love birthdays. I do
3: love a birthday. So, and, and
2: <laughs> I was not expecting the clown. I had a whole thing worked out with Joe where I thought he was gonna be walking in with lit birthday candles. So there's a oh, yeah. little.
3: He is. He's look, coming. He's
2: he's coming. He's coming. It's supposed to be a, a surprise. I didn't realize there was you, a double surprise. Are you gonna today. do
3: like a sexy Marilyn Monroe happy birthday song? Oh look, happy birthday Yay! to you.
2: Happy birthday to you. Oh, it's so cool. Happy birthday, dear Lindsay. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Oh, look at that cool scared to death cake. Blow them all out. Blow them all out.
3: Oh, hey. Happy birthday, baby. Love you. Love Love you. you. Thanks. I don't even care about Lisa.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, scary clown mask! Oh my god! I get to keep this. Thank you, did that everybody, scare you? for watching. That did scare me. Oh fuck! I'm so good. Well, because I was working before the show on setting up that, and so he got he got me with a little double surprise. Look at that awesome cake! Keep on listening, everybody. Keep being scared. Enjoy Love your you nightmares. Guys. Love you. Bye. If spirits threaten me in this place, by water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness remove their powers until the last trace. Them. Let these evil beings flee through time and
1: space.
2: He only has through, but has no home here within, scared
0: to death. Hey everybody, it's Rob Lowe here. If you haven't heard, I have a podcast that's called Literally with Rob Lowe. And basically it's conversations... I've had that really make you feel like you're pulling up a chair at an intimate dinner between myself and people that I admire, like Aaron Sorkin or Tiffany Haddish, Demi Moore, Chris Pratt, Michael J. Fox. There are new episodes out every Thursday. So subscribe, please, and listen wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I was shocked, you know, they were always such a good team